0: Welcome to the No Common Sense Podcast, where we discuss issues with having no common sense and morality in a pluralistic and global society. My name is Clement, and I'm a philosophy student at Pueblo Community College with an interest in ethics and religion. And joining me today to help with my maiden podcast voyage is Scotty. That would be me. Let me introduce myself
1: briefly. As Clement said, I am Scotty. I was homeschooled my entire life and was a former uh, philosophy student at PCC as well before I moved on and failed horribly in communications. Don't recommend it. It was... Blah, blah, blah. Well, go there. I am the co-founder of FWC Apologetics Ministries here in Pueblo, Colorado, and uh, been friends with Clement for quite a while, so this should be interesting. Nice plug. Nice <laughs> plug? Oh, <laughs> I plug all the time. That's That's
0: what you're supposed to do. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about how... I came up with a name, No Common Sense. Um, basically, my idea was that nowadays, when you have a secular society or trying to have a secular society where you have multiple beliefs functioning in a in a, um, in a country where they're kind of working together and you don't want them to basically conflict so much that you're having people kill each other or other problems like that, um, when you're basing your morality off of, of in intuition, which is basically what you have to do um, once you get rid of the idea of a God telling you what's right or what's wrong. Um, you come into the issues when you have a someone coming, blah, 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 blah. Keep it. Keep it Okay, um, you come into the issues where you have say a, a family unit, um, um, this, I'll use a story from um, my own family, where where you used to have a a family unit where the ideas would stay basically the same within them. You wouldn't have um say the children varying off far from um what the parents believe. And that's because they just weren't um too to uh they didn't have a lot of the the access to the internet we have where you can come into contact with various ideas.
1: There wasn't a lot of multiculturalism. More I mean it wasn't you grew up say you grew up in a small farm town in the middle of Hicksville, wherever, Ohio. And you stayed within 50 miles of that, of Hicksville. You know, you, you knew what the people over in, in um, Rednecksville believed or, or whatever, but that was about it. You ran into maybe a couple cultures. Maybe there was a traveling person, you know, from somewhere else, but you weren't influenced by a barrage of different cultures like we are today, especially with the internet where it's like, all right, I know nothing about uh, South African culture, but all of a sudden I can be talking to the South African and be like, okay, this is new. This, that's not something you see in the past very often.
0: And how this affects like even like a family unit, you have kids who have no really common intuitions uh, between them and their parents. So you can have their, their parents have the intuition that say, uh, abortion is always wrong, it's murder, and have their kids say, no, based on these facts that I read online, or this type of this viewpoint, it's not murder because they weren't conscious or whatever like that. So you can have even within the family unit no common sense of morality there. So when you blow that up to the the level of a, a country and deciding what we what our morals, what we want our morals to be, and how we want to to say and 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 teach our citizens to to basically. Uh, what we should and ought to do you come into issues and
1: well you run into issues anyway like i can think of uh uh throw in any politician o- obama comes to mind where he's like we need common sense this that or the other um we're going to be talking about guns later so let's let's use guns as an example we need common sense gun legislation or 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 whatever and it's like is it really common sense it, what's what's the factor what's the standard for common sense you know is it because the president says it, or is it the society actually believes that's common sense? Which, in a bipartisan country, which is roughly what America is at the moment, it's hard to be like this is common sense. No, it's not. Because fifty percent of the country believes this, and fifty percent of the country believes that.
0: Yeah. If you have, if you don't have an overwhelming majority, um, like there used to be in, in countries that didn't interact with other uh, peoples much, then it's hard to decide what is. Especially in representative government, what we should do with those sort of things.
1: Yeah, you didn't have that problem with monarchies because the king was like, this is common sense. Everyone needs to know this or off with your head.
0: Yeah, so when you have like a, a very strong authority figure, it's easy to basically figure out what you ought to do based on that authority figure. Um, and this is where the issue comes in whenever you have a secular government because without a god being that all, all-knowing all authority to tell you what is right and what is wrong, what you're left with is human intuitions, which like we were discussing very so much. Um, and so what I wanted to do with this podcast basically is focus more on the, the meta ethics side and just and to basically look at these specific instances like gun control from the the um, outlook of their the specific people's intuitions in the debate.
1: But not specifically going into oh well this example said this and this example said that, just because you can get you kind of get into talking points when you use examples too much.
0: Yeah. This is why you see certain people when you're having a debate, like a gun debate, you see them basically talking past each other. Because if you have different principles, you can both be right from your own principles because what you're you're acting upon is a specific criteria to you that you value. Say um, you're someone who is valuing the, the individual right to carry a gun. You're valuing personal responsibility, and so when someone brings up a statistic that says that when you have guns legal, you have this many people misusing guns, the the person who is talking about individual responsibility is going to say that's not my fault. I'm responsible with the gun. Why should I be punished for their um, for their um, Abuse of the guns. And
1: that's their fault. That's their personal responsibility issues, not, say, the gun or or whatever. That's when you value individualism, which uh, a lot of people in America used to still do, you know, whatever. When you value individualism, you place the blame on the individual. So it's like, all right, and and this coming from me, I want to be a responsible gun owner. I am a responsible gun owner. And then that person over there who just shot that dude, not so much. You know, that's his problem. And then, of course, you get into the nitty-gritty details of society saying what's good and what's bad.
0: Yeah, and from, like, the more like uh, more pro-gun control or pro, I would say, more gun control um, side, like the liberal side, what they're looking at is basically the flat statistics of uh, the flat consequences of, of having guns being Easily used, so they're not looking at the from the individual responsibility. They're looking at this many guns in the country causes this many deaths, and so they're basing all of their their uh, their their morals off of the the more utilitarian argument in that it doesn't really matter if these specific people are using their guns um, responsibly. What we're going to do is do the thing that we think will um, have the the most amount of good, and in their case, save the most amount of lives. And so the, the from their side, if they're using its a utilitarian principle, they're completely incorrect in saying that if it is true that getting some more strict gun control will save this many lives, then they are correct. But if you look at it from, say, the more conservative side and they're talking about personal liberty and personal responsibility, they are correct also in saying that it's not their problem And that they should be able to have a gun if they are using it responsibly. And this is to each they are correct based off their own standards.
1: And that just brings up the question of which standard is right, which standard is wrong, which standard do you go by? Which, which I find in in a multicultural society. And I think this is fair to say. I don't think pure multiculturalism works, where you value each culture the same i mean you try to do that but you set a certain ground rules like i mean like if you have a bar and you have a whole bunch of different people visiting that bar you can set certain ground rules and say all right nobody gets nobody gets drunk off their butts nobody nobody just passes out this is a certain standard that we want to hold we don't want to Encroach on any of your values, you know. I'm not going to make you drink. Oh, you can only drink beer in this bar, or you can only drink vodka. I mean, you can drink whatever you want, but you can't get crapped face in in the bar because we don't want to deal with you. And, and that's kind of the the problem is in a multicultural society is is which standard to use. I think that's what the founding fathers of America tried to do based off their Judeo-Christian principles, but they still tried to set up a system that was fair to all other systems. But then you run into problems of different cultures, which are like, but but part of my religion is to get shit-faced. And it's like,
0: ah, well, all right. Yeah, so what now you have is... Now we're in trouble. Like, like you were saying, they had a specific set of principles they were set up the country with at their specific time. And when time goes on, that can become constrained to some people, especially when you have more and more people... Um, coming into the country with different beliefs and so the issue becomes which one of these principles do we pick and it's even becomes harder because nobody talks about principles they're all arguing the specifics and so they're kind of missing what the real argument is Um, whenever they're talking about say the statistics versus the personal responsibility those things don't really miss like match together or mesh together so what I wanted to do with this podcast is basically focus just on that meta-ethics um, and and look at these issues from that sort of uh, view. And I also want to do some specific readings of different principles. Some of these are gonna be older. Um, I'd like to read especially some Nietzsche sometime and discuss Nietzsche on this podcast. Um, and so we're gonna try to do sort of thing where we do a a, a reading and we discuss that and then we'll go into a more specific like right now this one's kind of a little bit more just introductory podcast we're just talking about the um, what we're going to be doing in the future um, and that's why it seems a little bit more we're deviating a little not, bit not not organized as much yeah
1: because gun the gun debate was supposed to
0: come up in the second half of the podcast yeah but, but it was such a good example for what it, it we're just trying flowed to flowed
1: beautifully about. so so we went with it and that's that's okay uh definitely some john Locke in the future as well the social society is probably one of the or the social contract's is going to be a big one in a debate on a um pluralistic society because I think Wach and, and like I said the f- founding fathers were trying to make that pluralistic society but they were constrained I say constrained but it's really not in my my point of view they they had their principles of, of God and the natural order of God because they, they attribute natural order which I think Clement would say is instinct to God put it there God designed instinct to an extent and then, then it deviates f- from a secularist point of view, which is like, well, there's just this natural order. We're not going to attribute a, 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 um, lawgiver. I'm trying to think of this specific example. There's the moral law. Therefore there's a moral law. Giver. Yeah. That's the Christian approach. And, and that's where I side on it. I'm like, all right, there's a moral law that's obviously throughout society. Yeah. It varies a little, but it's, It's still, there's still certain principles that's like, no, that's just kind of jacked up. Like, for instance, if you look at um, Regicide, killing your own family is kind of frowned upon in every society. Um, I I mean, yeah, sure, there's probably a few outliers, but across the board, Regicide's up there, and this is morally wrong no matter what, you know, across the board. With a couple on either side of the bell-shaped curve, obviously. But,
0: um, yeah. The, the issue I see with that is when you do you, you when you do try to base it off of say like a, a majority rules with the, with the instincts basically the the common sense that we shouldn't kill our family um, when you try to to extrapolate to other uh, different societies and different majorities there has been some things that we that we find that there was a huge uh, majority say homosexual I'm uh, just just being a homosexual at all was seen as a, a a very bad thing by a majority of people in society, and that has changed. Um, in as our the, society. Yeah. As, in other societies, it's still yeah, So still problems. So you still have those those two conflicting things. When you have, say, the idea of a god and you can try to basically use that to set up your government and your morality, then you say, these are my instincts. Let me see if they match them to what god says or or what the teachings of, of god say. When you get rid of that and you are not pointing to a specific god, then you don't really have those the, the thing to to take your instincts and mash them up with. So I can't say that well my instinct to say that the homosexuality is fu- uh, homosexuality is fine. I can't mash that up to anything. I can it's that's only solely in me. I can mash it up to what the majority says. Yes. Um, but whether that majority is correct when the majority changes throughout time, it's hard to then save with a with a uh, certainty whether what your, what your instincts are are the, the moral ones, what you ought to have. Yeah,
1: and, and the majority is also fickle, and it's something that I definitely don't agree with most of the time. I'm not a utilitarian by any stance. I'm more of a uh, rule uh consequentialist more than anything else i i I think morality is based off of not just a not not non-consequentialist that's not the right word now i can't remember but non-consequentialist yeah a rule non-consequentialist um but but when you have a utilitarian mindset which also tends to be you know for those of you who don't quite know what a utilitarian mindset is it's uh, think of Star Trek. So you think of like the Federation being a utopian mindset. You kind of have this majority yeah. that that. Set up the rules, and now everyone's following those rules.
0: Yeah, the actual principle utilitarian is working with is the the greatest amount of pleasure and the lessening of displeasure for the most amount of people.
1: Yeah, for the for the greatest good, or for the greatest amount of good, which which is a problem when you have, say, a minority, which example, homosexuals. Homosexuals have been and still are a minority in the culture. But we're starting to change our views on that as a society going, oh, maybe that's not such a, 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 a immoral thing anymore. Um, I'm not saying I agree with that or anything, but just for the sake of the argument, it, it's when you run into a, a problem where the minority is abused by the majority, which if you look at the Founding Fathers, they tried to set up a system against that, which I'm all for. I'm all for cuz cuz right now I'm in the minority and I don't want to be abused by the majority, you know. And that's that's the problem with utilitarian in a nutshell is it's like the great just good for the greatest amount of people, but what about those people that aren't in the majority? And that's that's one of the main reasons why I never have been and probably never will be a utilitarian.
0: Yeah. There are certain arguments that you can go to with utilitarianism that can help with that, and we may explore some people who wrote about them. Um, John Stuart Mill, one of them, who has a kind of a different outlook on yeah. um, utilitarianism. But at this point, I would say that I am leaning towards an extreme relativist in the the sense of the descriptive sense, and not that I'm trying to make any any like ought claims. I don't say that we should basically treat everybody's ideas as the same because I don't think that's even possible. There's no way you can remove your intuition. So no way I I can remove my intuition that says murder is wrong, but I do acknowledge that that intuition doesn't have something outside myself I can match it to in order to know with certainty that I am correct. Um, I kind of think of morality as something more of a human creation um, and so at that point you have, uh, it is basically a majority rules with that. Um, and so you're going to run into those issues of you being the minority, but there's not really too much that we can do at this point to, to deal with that. No matter what, I, I can scream, I can yell, and try to, to convince people I can't really move the culture back individually. It takes a, a movement to change the morals of a culture. Yeah, well,
1: in, in fact, the, the only way to be a minority and be successful is to live in a moral society, a, a conscious moral society that is constantly trying to, like, for instance, what America is set up as and to this day still tries to be, a secular, which means without God, moral society which which I'd much rather live in than a non-moral society more of a uh, machiavellianism or, or a, a do whatever you want and there's no authority there's no government there's no uh, an anarchist system no thank you that just it just sounds no fun I don't want to sleep with a gun under my pillow for the rest of my life even though I may or may not it's one of those things it's like I like living in a moral society even if I disagree with how they're getting there but I'd much rather live in that society and the only way to really be a minority and not be, you know, persecuted heavily and and be wiped off the face of the planet is to live in a society yeah, that is Yeah, a
0: society that the majority or accepts minorities. Yeah,
1: or is trying to be, which is where you run into problems across the world where it's like not all countries follow that moral stance. You know, they're like, not all countries have a a tolerance to all beliefs or a, a plural society. You see that more in a Western mindset, you know, and to to an extent. But you see that in a Western mindset in the U.S. and in, in Europe. They try to be tolerant of religions and tolerant of different beliefs. Where in the Middle East, for instance, you might not have so much of that. Or you might have different parts of the society that are... Um, I'm going to say they're backwards thinking. because they, I, You know, if that's rude of me... There's just some things which It's I'd backwards
0: say. thinking in the sense that, that a lot of countries used to think like that, and they have moved on yeah, from they've, that. Yeah, they've
1: moved on, and,
0: and... It's just not where things are right now with the, the majority, and that's why people are having a lot more issues with them, um, it, with that sort of thinking than with others, and say in this country, where you can have some very kind of crazy ideas, but you're still kind of accepted as long as you don't uh basically try to to take your ideas and enforce them on other people that scene that scene is a really really old kind of thinking and a kind of totalitarian thinking that most people um in this country don't really uh can't really handle that well they don't they they, they'll they push back against that it's
1: like sitting in a camp circle and someone has the stupid talking stick, and once they get the talking stick, they go take the talking stick, and every time someone tries to interject, they beat them with the talking stick. It just doesn't work like that in in civil societies, in moral societies, trying to be tolerant. It you need to have a ebb and flow of, okay, yeah, you believe that, that's fine. I think you're full of it, but okay, for for the sake of. I want you to have exactly the same thoughts about me in the sense, kind of a golden rule-esque, you know, I don't agree with you, but I want you to have your opinion and I want to have, because I want to have my opinion. So I'm not going to take the talking stick and shove it down your throat and tell you to shut up when you disagree with me. That's fine, as long as you're being civil about it and that yeah the problem with philosophy and and with things like this is when you say
0: civil people will throw their hands up and be like,
1: what's civil you de- you're defining civil by a western mindset and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i'm sorry
0: yeah there's some of the issues that come up with that where you have the kind of the the idea that we're not going to we're going to live together nicely as long as you're not hurting anybody else it's okay uh the issue with that is when you come with to a a moral question or seemingly moral question of of uh abortion where one side thinks that it's a personal right and they're not hurting anybody anybody else and then the other side thinks that they are hurting somebody else so even within this idea of trying to be like uh trying to pluralistic and, and and live with each other there's a disagreements on what counts as as basically not going against those norms and so you have issues where uh, part of the country thinks that you it's 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 the individual rights thing, and the other one thinks that it's basically the same thing, but from the stance that it's actually hurting someone's individual. I don't rights. even know if
1: they actually think that at this point. If if unfortunately, because as as the podcast title says, no common sense. I don't even think because because you look at America traditionally in the last fifty years, and it's been very you have your Republicans, your Democrats. They follow this. They follow this. Uh, uh, this platform, the Republican platform is, you know, has five or six different things and the Democrats are totally against that. So you have this bipartisan, um, dichotomy going on. And then I lost my point with this actually, which is really annoying. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. Take it away. Um, I'll, I'll fight it eventually.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just trying to make with the point about abortion was that we, we can't really, uh, that there is not really a even within our country that's trying to be, I would say, trying to be its best to be inclusive. That there's disagreements on what uh, inclusive beliefs we should have.
1: I, I remember what I was going to say. Now
0: that's basically American politics in the last fifty
1: years. It boiled down into a nutshell: the the both sides taking a stance and not budging on it. And granted, with abortion, and abortion is always a sticky subject. It's if say the conservative pro pro life movement is correct, then the pro choice movement has no grounds to stand on. Because if you you qualify the the cells, and I'll call it a baby because that's what I believe it is, and I think science proves that, but that's that's for a different argument or a different discussion. But if it's a baby, then your rights end when it comes to that's not you anymore. That's someone else, which is where I think common sense would say is the agreement of, of where personal liberty or where liberty lies in America is so long as it doesn't affect anyone else. You can do it, but and even that's the problem. That's not even common sense anymore. No one follows that.
0: You can have people who from a lit religious background, um, their religious principle that are, are arguing for the, uh, the basically, or, or more like a Christian a religious background um, that are arguing that we should not have abortions because uh, this is basically uh, something that, that that God counts as basically precious. But you can also have the argument that is void of all religious principles. That's for um, that's pro-life and saying that this is going to become a person um, in the sense that we have, so we need to basically um, protect that. So you can have these multiple different uh, principles, even with on the same side um, of of the issue at that point, because um, you can have, say, someone who who is really religious as a uh, as a Muslim, and, and to them, abortion isn't an issue because the soul enters the person after birth, and so, um, which is kind of. Uh, funnily enough a the, the same idea that uh, a lot of uh, secular arguments would be is that the soul i think what they're talking about more is like the the, the consciousness the per- personality that's where a lot of the, the secular people come from Is that it's not conscious at that at that point in its development and that's where the personality resides and so you have these two people arguing about these these issues and they, they have very very different principles on this issue yeah. And, you and can, you're
1: can. you never going to solve that one because there's always going to be both people on either side arguing, hey, no, 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 you know, no, you know. Which is unfortunate because then the issue of abortion becomes one that... Uh, I'll, I'll use a specific example. I was trolling Facebook, saw Austin Peterson, who's a libertarian candidate for president, something uh, saying something about Gary Johnson. And I said, the problem with Gary Johnson is he turns off um conservative leaning libertarians like myself who are not on board with the pro-choice movement whatsoever. And then someone commented back because you know Facebook is, is is the Almighty knowing you know everyone's right on Facebook said, well, it's never going to be legal so you should get over it, which I found incredibly <laughs> stupid and I told them that in a nice way I, but but I mean it's it, it's one of those things that a uh, true issue because I think, even Clement and I can both agree that abortions, like, on a mass scale, like, you know, people having six or seven abortions per per woman is not healthy for a society or not healthy for the woman itself. I mean, that's just kind of a, a – abortion is not necessarily good for the body. They've had studies doing that, and you run into the problem of, well, our society's losing people now. We have a, a negative growth rate, which – actually that to even some people that's a
0: yeah that's that's an issue in europe where they need more actually need more immigrants to it but i really want to try to stay away from making a claim whether one's right or wrong because that is coming from my specific principles what i want to do with this podcast is basically disentangle the different principles that are in play in these different debates so then um, people listening to this can then have a more thoughtful, understanding conversation with people when they do these uh, debate these topics, where they're not basically talking past each other, where you can actually see what principles people are coming from, and then you can target the principles and not the specific case.
1: Because um, I think you find that anyway, like I, I find myself as a, a conservative-leaning li- libertarian mislabeled all the time. You know, because I vote Republican a lot of the times. People are like, you're a Republican, therefore you believe that. And it's like, no, 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 don't talk past me. Don't label me and put me in this group with all these other schmucks because that's not the case at all. This is what I believe. And I do believe you find more common ground with people if you can get them talking in a sense of, oh, you're a Republican, you believe this. Well, no, no, I don't actually. Let me tell you my stance on that. And because we've grown up in, in America anyway in this um, bipolar setup to where it's either one or the other and not a lot of people even realize what the other side believes. They, they, they have the talking points. They have the yeah. – this is what republicans believe you know x y and z well, the
0: labels are easy because then you can basically dismiss people a lot yeah you, you can
1: be like oh you're just a stupid democrat i'm not gonna listen yeah. to you.
0: and this is where you get voting based on r and d labels after names and but... not on uh me and my kind of utopian society would be that you don't have those labels and that when you vote for someone you you don't have a little quick tool to use to say i'm gonna vote for a democrat or republican you have to actually you have to actually look at what the person is talking about
1: oh no we can't have that now can we yeah
0: it's the interesting thing is that i've seen a lot of people here recently especially with the donald trump and hillary clinton thing oh. who are saying they absolutely don't want to vote for either of them based on their basically their personalities without really looking at platforms mm. i see some of the most liberal people i i I know who are saying that i'm going to vote for gary johnson i was like and gary johnson's you're not looking at what their ideas are or their platforms are you're just doing it based on basically your first gut intuition toward hillary clinton or donald trump even your second
1: gut (laughs) intuition with hillary clinton or donald trump let's be fair here but but yeah no you, you you vote for gary johnson and it's like Me, I can't vote for him because he has certain principles that just I I cannot go with. I just can't follow him down that road. But I know he has those stances. Whereas people... I don't want to say they're primarily on the left because they're not. I think they're primarily on the left because I would like to think my side is smarter. (laughs) Even though I know they're not. You and everybody else. (laughs) Everybody wants their side to be smarter. I just think I'm smarter than most people, which sounds very... uh, (sighs) Egotistical of me. But... I'm sorry, that's just the way I see it and and if you can prove me wrong then you're smarter than me and I'll respect you I'll respect you anyway, but I respect intelligence yeah. a lot more I
0: don't really think I'm smarter than most people I just tried not to to make claims that I don't really have any reason, or reasons to back them up yeah,
1: uh, and that's kind of the thing you want to be knowledgeable in where you're knowledgeable, and in other areas where you're not so knowledgeable, keep your trap shut which yeah. I wish people would do
0: Yeah. it's, it's interesting with a lot of times, even with like moral political issues, you have people who they, they they treat the issues that they think are moral completely differently than these issues that they see are, say, non-moral. Say, say a computer. Knowing how to use a computer, people will openly admit they are completely stupid about it. They have no idea how to use a computer, and they're just fine with that. But say if you bring up something like a, abortion, they're going to have an opinion on – Abortion, no matter how knowledgeable they are, they just have this gut instinct and they're gonna state that. And I think that there's a really big issue with that because, um, there's not an obvious difference between the two things. You still need to, in order to make an informed claim on, say, a computer, you still have to have some, some knowledge of it. And I think that the same thing falls, say, with abortion. If you have no idea and you're just basing it off of a gut instinct, then it's going to be as likely to be wrong as you are with a computer. And so I really like the idea of, of kind of teasing those two issues apart and try to figure out what it is exactly that makes people feel they have the the right to have an opinion on an issue when it's moral, but not so much whenever it's something non-moral, like how to use a computer.
1: Yeah, I think to bring up an example that I'm familiar with, it's kind of like... As a Christian, there's there's two kinds of faith, really. There's blind faith, and then there's persuaded faith. From a, a theological standpoint, you have um, the two Greek words, and I can't remember the first one, but the second one is pistis, which means persuasion, not uh, tradition. The other one translates roughly to tradition, where faith is based off of... Um, either tradition or persuasion. And so I would like to think that as a society, we have our beliefs, you know, take Christianity out of this, but that your faith is based off of persuasion. You've been persuaded to believe that because of um, empirical evidence and, and your moral gut feeling or, or what have you. You have reasons to believe that, not just well mommy and daddy believe that their mommy and daddy believe that their mommy and their mommy and daddies believe that so it's like which is where you have a problem with uh more traditional methods of origin
0: or the issues like say with cloning where someone sees it like oh icky that must be bad without looking at the the actual uh specifics of the case where cloning is that much different than say twins if you have an argument whether cloning will have bad consequences, that's different. But if you're just based, based on your gut feeling of that should not be right just because it seems icky to you, then you're not really having an informed opinion on it and it's just the same as if you're looking at a computer screen and you say, uh, you're trying just click the starry thingy and I click the starry thingy and this thing happened so this must be the issue. This is wrong. It's the hard drive. I click the starry thingy. Um, that's basically a lot of things I, I hear. but. I don't think there's a huge difference between those two cases, but in public uh, – just just public um, understanding, there is a huge difference because you can say a, a pretty much any uninformed opinion and people will say, well, oh, this is just my opinion, so you kind of have to – I have a right to this opinion and you, can, you can't really question it.
1: So so you were saying that the society should base their gut – not – act only off their gut instincts but also off of a reasonable response to their gut feelings yeah you know
0: it's it's more like a you take into a like a multiplicity of factors say this is my instinct towards this and then you want to say what is causing my instinct to to basically have this disgust feeling towards cloning is it because it's just new different and it seems to be unnatural because those aren't really good enough reasons without um, something else to say we shouldn't have uh, human cloning those aren't those on the on those themselves they aren't good enough but if you have a gut reaction to it and you can tie it to say something about how it would make our society far worse than it is right now um, by your principles then you can basically take it and point it to that that gives that gut feeling some foundation which then gives it credence and then people can listen to that
1: so for instance cloning is unnatural therefore it's wrong isn't necessarily a good way to um, go about it but if you say cloning is unnatural and because it's unnatural it has say this side effect or this side effect or the potential for this side effect or this side effect that's a much better morally or you could
0: even do the different different uh take on it say that natural procreation just works better it helps with diseases and all these other issues and if we had mass cloning, that we would have a more diseased society, so you're saying that the that not that that unnatural is is necessarily bad but natural is so much better, yeah that we should have that instead of this um so that you can there's a different, several different ways you can bring about it, but like just as unnatural doesn't really make any any sense because driving cars is unnatural, and most people wouldn't think that that's a immoral thing to do. Uh, there's so many things that we do that are can be seen as unnatural or something that we wouldn't be doing if we didn't have all this technology. Like talking to somebody 50 miles away is unnatural. Um, so you need to have something that that ties to your gut feelings that gives it a, a good enough reason that you can um, then back it up. and You can say that this is why my gut feeling is correct.
1: Which brings up the point of where that – that other part comes in, like where, your where, do you you have your natural gut reaction, and where is the second part of of your system, your setup there, where does that come from? It, obviously, you want it to come from you. You know, if you have, and I'm not making any sense here. Hold on, you gather my thoughts. If you have an unnat or you're you're going off of a natural gut instinct, what's your Standard. How, how do you establish that standard? And that's that's I think the question this podcast wants to answer is how do you establish that standard? Yeah,
0: you can even use disgust as kind of a a a, a weird uh, like emotion or intuition because it, it doesn't necessarily have too much thought behind it. Or you can even use something like anger. Um, you can say that I'm angry about this and and say that this is therefore uh, wrong just because it makes me angry. Um, if you just say that, that doesn't give as much power behind it as if you can say that I'm angry because of this violation, because of this, and you can point to exactly what's making you angry. Because if it's just the way the guy, uh, like say a guy has his hair styled and that makes you angry, that may not be <laughs> something that, that pulls as much credence uh, for your your standpoint of being angry and why he shouldn't have that hair um, than something else. Like if, say if, if you're angry over someone Killing another person, yeah. or say for instance, because it, it works with in- people's intuitions more when you can point it to something that you can have an argument why it's bad. Yeah, at that point. Or,
1: or say for instance that you see someone's hairstyle and that makes you angry, but that makes you angry because that hairstyle is typically worn by. Nazis or, or something like that. I mean, for the sake of the argument, uh, that that's a much better reason than to just be like, oh, hairstyle, angry, ugh, and and get all upset about it. If there's reasons
0: behind that anger, then yeah. sure. you're tying that anger at the hairstyle to something that does, um, from your point of view, and probably from most point people's point of view, has a has a actual impact. It actually means something. That could have a, a worse consequences it's
1: like and to bring up this kind of specific example that i just saw the other day someone being offended at the uh gadsden flag because it's a symbol of
0: uh um oh yeah i read the washington post like <laughs> to which I, that. I just
1: say you're ridiculous but but it, it kind of it, it begs the question of you know if some people see that and they associate that with racism or inequality or whatever they associate it with to which i say okay yeah you can believe that but whatever but but it's it's something that the gaston flag by itself is amoral it's a flag it doesn't do anything the moral value is placed on it by the individual seeing it so to me or wearing it yeah yeah as yeah there would be two yeah so
0: it so here's here's where we can like apply what we were just talking about to this case so you have someone who does have that gut feeling is like this is wrong this is racist flag um if you are you need to be able to tie that to the intent of the person wearing it so so if you have the person wearing it who's just saying that I this is for personal freedom this is I'm, I'm rebelling against the government's um, incursion into, to what I believe to be, um, just too far. The government's getting too big. That's not a racist, uh, intent behind wearing it. And so if you can't point to show how that is racist, which is what the complaint was about, then you don't really have that, that, that gut feeling of this is bad. Doesn't really, uh, uh, have any grounds to, to stand on. There's no foundation to that. There's no way you can at that point, um, be well-founded in your belief that, that this person is racist just for wearing that.
1: Yeah, which is why I try to always remember that there's another side to the coin, um, whereas most people would be like, oh, nope, like, like, and let's make it even more controversial, the Confederate flag. The Confederate flag, or the Confederate battle flag, which is more accurate because what people think of the Confederate flag is actually a battle flag. It's not actual the flag of the Confederate, but I digress. That, to... Most people in today's society, outside of the South, is seen as just simply, oh, that means you want to own slaves, you're racist. But I've spent time in the South. That's not what it means in the South. There's something, there's a completely different standard, there's a completely different thought attached to it than just, um, oh, slave owning is good and black people are bad and I want to own black people. That's not necessarily the case are there some of them sure there's 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 always that if you look at the bell-shaped curve there's always that outlier that just throws everything off and you're like yeah that dude's nuts but you look at it from from this and it's the same issue it's it's to one person this amoral object is causing a moral issue and to the other
0: person it's causing a
1: different moral issue To
0: one side they're focusing on historical facts about the flag instead of what the other people are doing which are focusing on intense of what the flag means to them at the moment yeah and so you have to argue about whether intense or historical facts should win out in the day to have a thoughtful argument about it because if you're just talking about say that uh that the flag just doesn't mean that anymore um and then the other person says well um it, it, it just it has a gut feeling. It's racist to me. Mm. Then they're pointing at the flag and not the intent of the person behind that. And you're never going to have a constructive uh, conversation or debate about that if you're talking about it from those different sides and then not arguing whether the historical nature of an object – um, should have that much of a should have more credence than the the intent behind the people yeah. using it at the time. Because
1: as soon as you say, "Hey, you racist," that the conversation is done. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna have a well thought out conversation when when you start with certain parameters like that. You know the old adage, "You can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar." Is true. You call someone a racist, and they're gonna be like, "Oh well." Up yours, buddy boy. I I, I don't appreciate yeah. being called a
0: racist. You're jumping from the the your understanding of what the flag means and putting that directly into the person's head.
1: You and are forcing your own yeah, morals on that person.
0: But it, it's different if you do have an issue where a lot of the people having the flag are white supremacists. They are people who are are very racist. At that point, you are making a actually a a a reasonable conclude or reasonable jump from the flag meaning. Uh, racism to the person because they actually have that intent. But if they don't have the, that, that intent, it's it's you're not focusing on the right thing at that point. And the
1: only way to figure out that intent is to, I don't know, stop them in the street and actually have a conversation about it. Yeah. You're, you're not going to... You're you're not gonna get anywhere by going with your gut instinct. Oh, that dude's a racist, therefore I'm not gonna listen to him, or I'm not going yeah. to. I'm the, going the to calling
0: names thing doesn't really yeah. lead to constructive. I'm going
1: to label him as a, suprema, a white
0: supremacist
1: and move on with my day. It's like you're no, that's not gonna work because guess what? That person very well could like. You know, the stereotypical, oh, Southern racist. I, I Like I said, I've spent time in the South. There are people there that are like that. And there are people there who are the nicest people I've ever met. So, I mean, it's one of... And they both could have the Confederate flag, you know, in, on their truck or, or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things that in a polite society, you
0: just have to stop them and say, hey... Yeah, let's talk about or it. like w- like we were just talking about abortion. If you just immediately walk up to someone who's who's uh, pro-choice and said you're just a murderer, you're a murderer, you murder, murder, murderer, that's not going to lead to a constructive conversation. Which
1: also is irritating from a a pro-life uh, person, me, because then the opposite's applied. You know, there are those people on my side of the aisle which which say. Uh, Murderer!
0: You hate women. You hate women. You just automatically like, hate women.
1: No, no, I don't. I love women. I'm married to one. And I love her very much. And I like women as a general rule. I think they're much nicer than men. They're much nicer to look at. Blah, blah, blah. But then they're like, nope, you just don't like women. It's frustrating because it, it hurts. It not only hurts your position, but it hurts their position. So so say, for instance, you are. Uh, I'm a pro-wife person who has a very strong stance on I don't think abortion should be legal. I'll I'll give you a caveat if you want to argue about that, but we don't have to go into that there. But who doesn't think abortion should be legal, but I have my reasons for. And I have a – I would say a very reasonable – Case as to why I believe that, and if you want to talk to me about that, that's fine. I'll talk to you about that. But as soon as you label me, oh, you're just one of those right wing nuts who calls people who have abortions murderers. It's it's frustrating because I hate those people almost as yeah. much as you do. It's
0: it's 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 kind of uh, it would be different if you did have someone spewing saying that that women are basically baby making machines and abortions cut down on efficiency, and so. <laughs> That would be different. That's someone you, you could tie the – you can see the intent there that they are against just women's rights in general, that women are, are are basically put into just this box that this is what they're supposed to do and this is what all are supposed to do. And you can see the the ties between that. But if you don't talk to a person beforehand and hear them say that, then it's really hard to make that jump. And then you can never really have a constructive – conversation with that person
1: which is quite sad because we see that in basically every example every political issue every non-political issue it's just people have i don't know if they be i would say they've become because i was talking i was talking to my grandma the other day actually about this and she was like this is not the same america i grew up in and i'd say that's that's accurate and people have become a lot more hasty, which I think is a downside of the internet. Even though I love my internet, don't take it away because I am a millennial and I hate not having high-speed internet. It just, it, it, it makes the bad part of me come out and I want to murder things. But there, I think that's a downside of, of the, the instant gratification nature of our society today um, where you don't have people willing to sit down and you see that you know you see that in college campuses where uh like milo yiannopoulos has been banned from twitter or or and college campuses are like we don't want him here and you see this um uh i i can only think of like the books there's a book by uh larry not larry jerry bergman called slaughter of the dissidents (laughs) and it's it's about uh creationism versus evolution the, the intellectual uh, evolutionists silencing the uh, intellectual creationists basically. You, you get into a slaughter of the dissidents where it's like the person with the objecting um, stance is dehuman – or dehuman. It's dehumanified, but it, that's not the right word. Um, defamed? Not oh, no. defamed. Uh, you you strip their humanity away. You strip their humanity away from them. I know there's a specific word for that, but but whatever. Dehumanize? Yes. That's the word. I I just it, sometimes they don't come out. <laughs> but you dehumanize your opponent, and therefore it makes them easier to deal with in, in a large scale event, which is unfortunate because you see mm-hmm. that almost everywhere, and you don't see a lot of people talking as individual human beings one to another i i don't i don't i don't get why i mean i do it's easier it's easier to just label oh clement's one of those crazy libertarian liberal whatever you want to call yourself and therefore i don't have to talk to him
0: i'm I, i'm i'm an atheist extreme uh relativist so i i think that you should rape and murder everybody and that's okay <laughs> okay i think that's a good place to end it um <laughs> Uh, we've been talking for I don't know, probably about an hour now. Yeah, um, so
1: feels bad, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, if you like what you heard, um, basically you can uh, check out our next one, where we're probably going to be discussing um, the differences between uh, a a society basically deciding to do something to help another person uh, or uh, many people versus a individual trying to help uh, a person. And this is basically going off of the, the refugee crisis we have and where you have one side which is saying that, yes, the whole country should go and help um, all that they can and the other side saying, well, at that point, I don't have a choice in it. Um, so tune in next time to hear us discuss that. Um, I don't know if Scotty will be back, but we'll probably have another guest. Good night.